What is it, Master Luke? I'm not sure. You saved my life. Thank you. You are alone? I have two droids. We've come in search of a ship that crashed near here. Maybe I can help you. I am Boba Fett. Thank you for tuning in to Talking Bay 94, the Star Wars podcast devoted to interviews with the cast, crew, and creators of a galaxy far, far away. I'm your host, Brandon Winerdy, and today I'm talking to John Celestri, animator of Boba Fett for the 1978 Star Wars Holiday Special. Yep, that one. This was the first time anyone really caught a glimpse of the now infamous bounty hunter, and we get into all of that, how Lucas got involved, what their inspirations were, and just a ton of great stories. This is Talking Bay 94, episode 83, John Celestri. I'd love to just dive right into why animation? What sparked that interest in you early on? And then how did you kind of turn that into an actual career? The short of it is that I always wanted to be a cartoonist from the very young age. Uh, I sent a, a, a flip book of Lady and the Tramp to Disney, when I, like you know, I uh, uh, when I was maybe about six or seven years old, I did a dog dog walking, and I I because I, I'd seen the Mickey Mouse Club and you know all the business about how to do animation, so I did a a couple of drawings and stapled them together, so it was a little flip book, and my mom sent it off, and they sent me back a uh, you know in the publicity department some storyboard panels promos for you know um peter pan and and uh, lady and the tramp and so on and so it was really early on that i wanted to be a cartoonist in at whatever whatever format mm-hmm. i could make get into but uh, i just uh, i'm self-taught oh wow and i didn't go to school for art but through hook and by crook and trying to do <laughs> comic books or trying to trying to do comic books on my own uh try to develop uh, my you know my skills in terms in doing um uh, comic strips now you go back to the 50s and 60s and you know comic strips were still you know newspapers were still strong then uh so i wanted to be have a a a, a comic strip uh of my own and uh but i also enjoyed writing and so the story the storytelling and 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 drawing comics they lend themselves you know as as a as a um, two uh two talents to develop in, into a comic strip artist and so you know creating your own characters and trying to understand continuity and it takes a long time to do that and very few people could do it at a very young age and i didn't you know <laughs> you know what i what i learned was that you really needed to learn a lot of different things. And so I, you know, carried on, you know, trying to develop my skills. I was going to college at the time and, you know, I was really, this is, this is the late sixties. And I, I finally uh, settled into, into uh, trying to do communication arts, which was, you know, like writing and such. But I originally started off as an architect, uh, realized I didn't want to do bathrooms (laughs) for, you know, uh, I tried to get into, I mean, I did, I did get into an art, but I didn't like 
what art was. I mean, I, you know, the art, I, I got into Pratt Institute for architecture, mm -hmm. but then I switched over to the art school and I realized I didn't fit in there either. And so I went to Fordham as a math major and realized wow. I didn't like math, even though I could, I could do it. I have very high aptitude for math, but it was the analysis. I think what, what I trying, was trying to understand was the, my, had the ability to analyze things. And during, as a, in, in, in my young twenties, I, realized I could draw, I could do quick sketches. Uh -huh. And that was good for, you know, capturing motion. And it was at that point that I realized, oh, I I want to do this. I want to do animation. Uh -huh. That's how I got into it. And, and between the time about, I was about 23 years old when I realized I wanted to do that. So I, I finally, you know, took a, a couple of, of short courses. I mean, a, a it was a it was a summertime course at the School of Visual Arts in 1973, mm -hmm. and it was a summertime you know, one night a week course. It was six weeks, and it was from that point on I started. I realized I could do it. My mm -hmm. my teacher said, "Have you ever animated before?" No. The first thing I did, and he went, this, "There's a lot of timing in this. There's a lot of you know just in, you know innate ability." So I followed through on that, and, and it about took me two years to latch on to production in New York, at New York Institute of Technology on Tubby the Tuba, which was they right. were developing that film, and it was all Popeye and Mighty Mouse animators from the Fleischer and Paramount studio. So I learned going, you know, working there every day for about fourteen months. And that led me to getting on to Raggedy Ann and Andy in mm -hmm. Manhattan. And that's where Richard Williams, you know, the, you start developing your, your, your abilities to draw. And, you know, the, you need to have really heavy duty uh, draftsmanship. And it was from there that I got that I, I happened to be at the right place at the right time. There was a phone call. Somebody was trying to get an animator to go up to Canada. And I was the only one willing to do that. That was in 19, uh, the summer, winter of 76, 77, you know? Uh, mm -hmm. So, and that's where I got un into Nelvana. Wow. Well, I, I'd love to talk about Nelvana because it is in terms of Star Wars history and Star Wars animated history, especially, kind mm -hmm. of esteemed. I mean, that's, of course, holiday special, but then later, I believe after you left, Ewoks and Droids, but I'd love to right. talk about the, the early parts of Nelvana and because and, it was an upstart company even when Lucas found out about it. I'd love to hear a little bit about kind of when you first heard about holiday special, how that all kind of came together. I believe, what, Cosmic Christmas kind of kickstarted yeah, all of I that? Yeah, I was on Cosmic Christmas. Mm -hmm. uh, that's what, that was the that was the uh, the film that they needed a an, an animator to to replace someone who, uh, one of the animators who had uh, broken their wrist. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> you can't animate with that, right? <laughs> no, no, you can't. No, you can't. Uh, so that's what the phone call was to uh, down to Raggedy Ann, where Jerry Potterton, who was then at that point running the studio in, you know, at, at on Raggedy Ann and Andy, trying to get out the the production, and his friend Clive Smith called him and asked him, do you have anybody down in New York on Raggedy Ann that is willing to come up 
and I figured I had an, there was an there was a, a an assistant animator who was from Montreal, and uh, he was part of my team. Mm-hmm. And he said, "No, uh, I don't want to go to much. I don't want to go to Toronto." Um, and uh, so I said, "I'll go." <laughs> and yeah. So that's that, and that's how that happened. That's how the connection. Now this is the this is the this is January through March of 1977. Mm-hmm. Star Wars didn't come didn't didn't make its appearance. I think it was on in May or June right. of of 77. And what happened was that Michael Hirsch was one of the co-owners, and when he 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 took his uh, the the film the the um, a, a reel of Cosmic Christmas mm-hmm. to California. I was in California also because I was wor- I was working for DePatty Freeling. Fritz Freeling had hired me on as as an animator. So uh, this is the this is the thing you know. So in I, I was I was there. Michael Hirsch. Wanted me back to uh, to Nelvana to work on Rock and Rule, mm-hmm. and so we wanted me on as part of the the production team, the the actual permanent staff, mm-hmm. and to relocate totally to to Canada. Well, while he was there, that was while he was in Los Angeles. That's where Lucas saw a Cosmic Christmas, and that's where the connection was made. That's why they where they knew. About you know Michael uh, Novana, right? And uh, one of the things one of the things that we were doing on 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 uh, a Cosmic Christmas, I designed uh, in terms of the I animated uh, the spacemen who were entering into uh, the families, you know, for for Christmas, mm-hmm. and so I did cross dissolves and whatnot. So overall, Lucas saw the film as something different from Hollywood. Right. The you know twentieth uh, century Fox wanted to just to do Hanna Barbera to do the animated you know for the uh, the holiday special and he right. said no I want something different and so that was the connection we uh, Nelvana was something different and it was a small upstart studio Cosmic Christmas was their first TV special the holiday special is incredible to me the segment at least uh, that you worked on if only because there's I think it was what six weeks to do it all yeah. really. Yeah, the animation. Well, let's say usually for for uh, for a half hour, for twenty six minutes, you know, then mm. that's what it, it was about twenty five minutes long usually. Right. And so you're in production in terms of for animation, maybe about three to four months, mm-hmm. and then you've got you've got your and then everybody else is about a week behind for for the uh, for the holiday special. The animation was. The nine, the nine minutes or what have you of mm-hmm. it was maybe about you know six weeks right. of animation. So we were cranking it out. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's an understatement. I mean, yeah. the, with with the holiday special, especially that's that sounds weird to say out loud. The holiday special, especially. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Boba Fett segment is still kind of the thing that stands out for people, and that is a, a big testament to your work and to the fluidity, I think, of the character when you first encounter him, who's now kind of gone on to notoriety. Mm-hmm. I'd be curious, any reference material that you might have had that influenced you and that Lucasfilm even gave you, because I know that was pretty early on into the actual process of Empire. How did you kind of take that and turn it into something that had to be animated and alive, really? Well, um, the way it worked out is that there were, there were two things that, that Lucas wanted. One was that we had to use referencing 
heavy metal magazine, oh, especially yeah. Mobius. Okay, that was a reference for the style. Uh, for the actual design, the um, uh, that we had the black and white Boba Fett videotape mm-hmm. of well, it was really a stormtrooper uh, white costume. That was the first thing, and you know he was called Boba Fett at that time. Yes, of course, uh, but you know it was only black and white. There were no, there was no color. It was a, it was a white stormtrooper at that point. Right, right. You know, the reference. So we had the colors, and I think they, you know, I mean Lucas had to okay basic colors. But if you look at how clean the Star, the holiday special Boba Fett is, it is very, very pastelly. Okay, so it referenced, it mimicked, or at least it referred to the Mobius sense of design. Right. Okay. Now, you got to remember another thing is, and people probably won't remember this, but in the, in, in the mid-70s, you still had a vast majority of TV sets who were still black and white. Right. So the tonality of, of, uh, of, of the colors had, that had to be chosen you know, had to read on a very small screen in black and white and grays. You don't have the, oh, you can't, a lot of the stuff that you see today on TV, if you put it into black and white on a very small screen, I don't think it reads. But anyway, uh, the, so a lot of the designs, you know, you have the characters, you know, having to pop off of the screen, right. off of the backgrounds. So anyway, uh, the, the referencing was, again, uh, the, the design, the graphic uh, design was of, of from Mobius, and the reference was the live action thing, and and I think maybe one or two pencil sketches of design work mm-hmm. might have been used, referenced, just to have an idea of how things work, so that we didn't have to just totally just look at the video. I think right. there might have been one or two schematics of what the helmet was sort of sort. Of. But when you go through that, if you realize how simple design is of the Boba Fett, so we just had to know what was there, what you know, what what elements, basic elements. Uh, you know, you know, he had the jetpack, you know, uh, and a uh, and a and a gun. And there was uh, I called it the tuning fork <laughs> rifle, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> basically that's what that was, right? Yeah. Oh, and uh, scalps and what have you. And the you know, sure. he had he had a he had a, a Captain Marvel, you know, off the shoulder, <laughs> you right. know, uh, cape or what have you. So th- that was the, that was the, the basic elements that. Uh, Lucas gave the studio to work with the 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 actual four poses, four or five poses that were done as the as a basic model sheet was done by Frank Nissen, who was uh, uh, the lead designer and uh, layout guy and 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 at uh, at Nelvana. He right. uh, he did that then. I took that element, those elements, and then I ran them through my pencil to get an idea of how the character would move around. We didn't have much time to to play around with it. It was all being done on the fly. So mm-hmm. in terms of the character personality, I, you know, uh, we were all, Nelvana's uh, animators of back, back then were cast by what they could do. And I could do I could do a range of you know villains to you know very old grannies, <laughs> you know. Uh-huh. I, I, uh-huh. Yeah, it, it, that's that was my range, a uh, quite range, because because I liked acting. 
Right. And I liked that. So, so I took Boba Fett and said, okay, he moves like, you know, the man with no name from the, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Clint Eastwood spaghetti westerns. And so mm-hmm. if you'll notice, it's very minimal work, but his is a tilt, head tilt of the of the for the helmet. So you you could you could do you know facial expression sort of with just moving the helmet back you know up and down in a certain mm-hmm. way to when 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 the visor would go down, it could say that he you know he could be angry, tilt up a bit of you know and tilt up up to the right and to the left and up a little bit, maybe be quizzical. There's a lot of you could do there, but it was all in the hands and the and the gesture and, and moving in that way, using the tonality of the voice that the actor was was giving because there's no lip sync. Right. So that was the challenge to do it. And, and to, as long as he was physical and, you know, I think the, the biggest physicality was him sitting in the in the when, he, when he's introduced is, is Boba sitting as a as a Bedouin. I, I guess uh, um, a person on on a camel or what have you with his uh, with his gun, but he still is moving around a bit. He, he shifts a little bit, and then he whacks his beast right. with uh, with with a gun twice. Right, and that sets the tone for for Boba Fett. No, I love it, and it's still just so iconic. And even now, you have something like the Mandalorian using the tuning fork and using these things that we associate with Boba Fett because of that animation, because of that special. I'd be curious, I mean, your career does not end after Holiday Special, of course, and you go on to do He-Man and She-Ra and then even um, X-Men later on. Uh, is there anything like looking back on four decades of animation that stick out to you or any exciting challenges that you had along that way? If I'm going to look, uh, pull my favorite pieces, okay, uh-huh. I, I would say a Rock and Rule, right. where I, I, I animated Mylar, the, the, uh, the club owner, uh, Quad Hole, the police chief, and Cindy Schlepper, the gal on roller skates. Uh-huh. Those are all my characters. And then there was a a, a, a four uh, Batman commercials I animated for you know, that, that that ran in Canada, and those were were great. Uh, they were great fun to do. You know, working in, there was I, I worked on 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 uh, Dragon's Lair and Space Ace for yeah. Blue, what have you. But but you know when you when you do that. You, you, there, there are only certain things that you could say. You, there was so much going on. I mean, uh-huh. but when you talk about fun stuff, those are the things that I didn't get messed with. You know, I was allowed to do it. The Boba Fett's, the, the, the stuff in uh, on uh, on Rock and Rule, and the Batman commercials. I was a that's that's more that's me without having to look having a director looking over my shoulder. I love it. And I mean, now I'd love to talk about the Kickstarter that's currently happening that I think Star Wars fans might get a a kick out of, no pun intended, uh, (laughs) because of some of the tiers. Uh, But let's talk about that a little bit. I think there's only a few days left. So if people wanted to get in on especially the rewards, I think that would be the time. Yeah. Right now, I I need about, uh, I'm very, very close to having the Kickstarter, um, you know, reach the goal for that. That would be great if you if that could be done. Uh, it was it's a very small goal, but the the Kickstarter that I have is I'm doing you know comic books for young kids, mm-hmm. I mean, entry level level to uh, into into reading uh, comics. I mean, it's not that they're 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 childish. They're very much like the kind you know they would be like golden age comics, right? 
you know, that's the, the, the level of it. I don't know if you've seen, you know, the Kickstarter and, and, and the artwork and the, and the type of drawings that are in there, but it's anything that any parent or any young, any, any reader would enjoy reading. You know, the Snuffy and Zoe, they, they're two sibling bears that, that when they get bored, they jump into their magic toy box and have a, 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 a adventures like mm-hmm. uh, stealing you know, cupcakes from a dragon or getting captured by pirates made out of balloons, you know, things of that sort. Mm-hmm. And that's from like four to seven years old. That's the age group. And then from seven, eight to 12 years old, there is Nicky Nardson Mega Moose. Uh-huh. And it's, a, you know, it's a it's a nerd who is bullied and he gets a magic feather and he can sneeze and he turns into this minotaur character with all the an, with all the powers of the animal kingdom. That's Mega Moose. Anyway, so th- those are the two things that I'm doing now. Uh, that those that's all part of the John the Animator comics mm-hmm. that I'm doing, and that's what I'm creating, creating comics for you know for for all ages. And then I will also do later on, you know, maybe for for more, you know, uh, uh, older, older, older people who want to have a bit more mature material. But that's different right now. I'm working on for the four to 12 year olds. And as a top tier for this uh, for this Kickstarter, I'm doing original original Boba Fett sketches full Mm -hmm. size, which is eight and a half by 11. And, you know, it's a full figure Boba Fett with the tuning fork rifle and that i mean that in itself is a piece of, of star wars history so i'm sure people will want to get a hold of that and also to check out your newest work and i'll put the link to that in the show notes so people can check that out but i think last when I, when we were recording there were 12 days left so when this comes out there's going to be only a couple days left i believe so yeah so check check that out you know and, and see what you can do <laughs> yeah right i, I love it uh well mr Celestri, thank you for coming on and telling these stories and for animating boba fett I still will go out of my way to collect anything in that pastel color scheme like you're talking about just because of how iconic and how special that, that segment is. So, so thank you for your work. Oh, well, thank, thank you for asking me. Thank you again to Mr. Celestri for the time and the pastel Boba Fett. You have a week as of this publishing to help with Mr. Celestri's Kickstarter and get that Boba Fett sketch for yourself. This weekend, we overhauled the Talk Bay 94 website, complete with episode transcripts and something called Sacred Text. So head on over to TalkingBay94.com. For even more Lucasfilm animation stories, check out Sky Talkers, Deep Dive of Animation. The link is in the show notes. We actually might have a bonus episode coming out this weekend, so just cross your fingers and refresh your feed, but until then, stay tuned, leave a five-star review, and may the Force be with you. How far away? Settle down. All they do is eat.